why is the authority to believe this so important? Okay. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, come out of him. And when this, the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, and so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Now, go over to Luke chapter 8. And verse uh, 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which was over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Do you think he wanted to be naked, wear no clothes? I don't think so. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. Turn to uh, just next page over, nine, Luke 9, 37. And it says, the book, it says, And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. And behold, the man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him. And he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him that he foameth again. And bruising him, hardly departeth from him. And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. And as he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him to his father. So we see these particular people, they're crying out. They're being torn. They're being knocked down. What is that? What do you think that is? Demonic power. Yeah. It's a, it's a book of war. Mm, We're in a man. warfare. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, if I mean, here's just, here's here are these individuals that are that are. What's happening to, to them is they're being attacked. They're being assaulted. They're being violated. They're being driven down. They're being almost left for dead, right? This man that came out of the tombs, did he uh, want to come out of the tombs naked with no clothes, tearing chains, breaking? What kind of rage is that, right? But what I wanted to get to on this, the authority of the believers, is start out with the fact that what is the Bible? What is this book about? It's got many, many, many subjects, right? But what would be the principle 
Like you old, remember your old English teacher? Mm-hmm. If you can remember your English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. What are they? Now, Kevin, what is the theme of the book? Right? Jesus. What is the theme of the book? What is the theme of this book? Jesus. In the big picture, the macro picture. Yeah. God, the creation, the the. Yes. Yes. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, yeah. This is very true. His love for us. It's a war. This mm -hmm. is a book of war. Really, I, this this is a book. Yeah. I think this is a book of war. This is a book that chronicles the war in in uh, not just this physical dimension, but the war in the spiritual dimension. This is a book of war. It's a book all the way from from those, the Bible talks about these hierarchical powers, right? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. So there is actually. We're in a war against uh, something that is not helter-skelter. This is an organized, we are in a war against an army. Okay? I mean, I know this sounds, this, I don't know how many, I, I've never heard anybody really talk on this particular subject, but it goes all the way from the, from the big picture to the, right to the, the soul of a man. Right. The no. micro level. Mm -hmm. The battle of man's soul. Right down into the right into our into our soul into our little puny little uh, dust you know I mean we're right into our souls it's it's everywhere it's a book of war and it's encompassing just everything the spirit world and the physical world and this book is the Bible is and a big and a big a big subject I, I think I think it's it's the Probably the biggest subject of it. It's a war. It's a battle. It's a it's a war that we're in the midst of. So, turn to Colossians chapter one. There's some things we need to understand. If uh, in these days, in particular, um, I think the war is getting a lot bleaker now. Amen. I think things are definitely, definitely getting darker and bleaker, and uh, the battle, the, the din of the battle. It's just more louder and louder and louder. And so you can hardly go a day without hearing some new travesty or something new that's unfolding. So Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17. It says, For by him, that's Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Turn over to go back a couple books to Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 21 and 22. It says, Far above, Jesus Christ, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, to the church. So we have, it's, these scriptures are mentioning these principalities and these powers and the might and this dominion. Uh, and it's out there. It's in the spirit world that we cannot, we cannot see. We can, it's hard to, to wrap our, our minds around that. But there are pictures of this in, in, the, in the Bible. Uh, if you turn to Daniel chapter 10,
know, this is a this, this is a broad subject, and, I, and I'm and I'm kind of like I'm trying to uh, just in a brief way touch on some really just very important things that, that I think a lot of I think a lot of the church is not aware of. But in Daniel chapter ten and verse seven and down, it says, "And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision." For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Now, before this, Daniel had been fasting for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this, this, this starts to unfold. This vision starts to unfold. In verse 8, Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, he was beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto him, unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for for the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, principality, this is not a normal flesh, this is a prince in that realm, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. And lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, Michael the archangel, came, spiritual warfare, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground, and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the sons of men touched my lips, then I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows are turned upon me, and I have retained no strength. And how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remained no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. I guess it must be something that happens when people encounter that, that particular dimension. Because you'll see this is not unusual that this seems to happen that when people come in contact with angelics, angels, that uh, they pretty much melt away. But anyways, then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, he strengthened me and said, O great, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Then said he, Knowest thou wherefore I came unto thee? And now will I return and fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grisha shall come. But I will show thee without which that which is 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 not noted in the scripture of truth, that, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince, Michael the archangel. So there's a um, what's interesting about this scripture is that. Daniel's prayer is affecting <coughs> that dimension. I mean, we, right. it's, it's like, uh, we, we tend to think that there's no, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, there's not a whole lot we can do about that out there. Yet, Daniel was fasting, 
and for three weeks, and, and the Bible says that God heard him. And God, God responded to him in, in such a way that he sent an angel, and I think that it could have been Gabriel, but it definitely Michael the Archangel got involved in too. So, so we see that prayer affects that spirit world, and that's, that's a very important thing. And I was thinking about the, there's another story where um, Israel was, uh, the king of Syria was warring with Israel. And um, the king of Syria said, I'm going to hide in such and such a place. And, uh, uh, and I'm going to basically, I guess, ambush this king of Israel, the king of Israel. Now, but there was a, a particular character in the Bible named Elijah who knew and warned, forewarned the king of Israel that the king of Syria is waiting for you right there, so you better watch yourself. And uh, so I guess it must have been two or three, two or more times the king of Israel actually avoided that particular area, area in that setup. So, uh, so the king of Syria wanted to find out, who's against me? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. Somebody, somebody is, is snitching on me. How does, this, how does the king of Israel know that, I, that, uh, that I'm here waiting for him secretly? And, one of the, and, his, and his men told him that there's a man in Israel named Elijah who knows what's going on in your very bedchambers. Mm -hmm. He knows the words you speak. So, so anyways, the king of Syria sends, sends his army to surround, I think it was the city of Dothan, yeah. surround, surround that city so he could, he could snatch Elijah. And so in the morning, Elijah's servant wakes up and, and sees, comes out in the morning and sees all these soldiers and chariots and surrounding the city. And uh, he, he, he says, oh, Elijah, what are we going to do? Look at this. We're done. We're toast. And uh, Elijah said, no, no, there's more for us right. than for them. And he asked the Lord to open his eyes. Yeah. So, and it, it went all around Elijah were fiery chariots and angelic hosts. We see mm -hmm. that there's this, there is a war going on <coughs> and there is, God responds to the prayers of his children and God, uh, th this veil was lifted off the servant of Elijah, and he saw, he saw into that world. He mm -hmm. saw the war that was taking place around him. Anyways, so Satan is, uh, we don't understand, uh, a lot of us don't understand this, this uh, uh, what word am I looking for, this, this say, um, war that we're in. We don't understand uh, what's taking place around us, and I think it's because Satan blinds us. I think Satan keeps us deliberately ignorant of uh, uh, of what's of what's right around us, what's in the spirit world. And I'm thinking about that second cap of Corinthians chapter four and verse three and four. It's just this blinding. He is a, he, Satan can blind. He blinds the unsaved, but I think he blinds the Christians too. I think we're we are often just not aware that we are in the midst of a war that this Bible talks about. Second so Corinthians chapter four, verses three and four. It says, the book says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost, whom the God of this world hath blinded thee, 
the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I think he's got, I think there's devices that, his, that he blinds even the children of God. Yeah. Amen. Maybe to, not to quite the extent and to the depth of, of the, obviously, of the unsaved. We do, we're, we're, we are, we have, we're in love with the Holy Spirit of God. But I think there tends to be just a, 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 a slothfulness, a laziness, like a, like a, just unaware. Maybe we're living in a carnal Christianity. We're not aware of what's, of what's taking place and unfolding around us. Turn to First uh, Timothy, chapter one, verse eighteen. So, if we're in a war, and the Bible is describing this war that's taking place around us, what are we considered? Considered soldiers. Soldiers. Yeah. Considered warriors. So, First Timothy, chapter one, and verse eighteen. It says this, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Second Timothy, one book over, go to Second Timothy. Verse chapter two and verse three and four. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. soldier. Go back over to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 to 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Amen. but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Right. Amen. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So, yes. Amen. we're soldiers, all of us. Welcome to the army of God. Amen. Here we are. You've got, you've been, you've been given, you've been given the sword of the spirit, right? You've got your shield. You got your breastplate of righteousness. You got your loins girt about with truth. That's why the Bible uses. I mean, that old Christian song, "Onward, Christian Soldiers." It's true. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's the truth. That's exactly what we are. We are soldiers for Jesus Christ. And we better settle that in our mind because, right. especially in this day, it's going to get, it's getting a lot, lot darker. And I think we're going to find ourselves embellished and immersed in a war coming soon. And we need to be prepared and ready for it. We need to understand that we have a birthright. We have a birthright. We have been born into the family of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You are in the army now. You are in the army. Ready, soldier? Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. So why? So you ask yourself, you know, and this is, maybe I should have touched on this before, but why are we attacked? Why are we attacked? There's a reason. We were talking about this, Ryan. Why are we attacked? What is the reason? There's got to be a reason for this, mm -hmm. that, that we read about those, those three men, you know, that were uh, even possessed. 
Why are we attacked? Why do they wish? Why does that realm, that dimension, why do they waste their time? Kevin Quinn. Come on. Okay. Let's see. Let's see why we are attacked. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 through 4. Really fundamental. This is really fundamental. This is so important to understand where we are under attack. And uh, there's a perfectly valid reason why that host hates us, absolutely detests what we are. Okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 4. It says, Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? You're going to judge the world. Right. And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So Paul is actually chastening these Corinthian Christians. He's saying, what? What don't you understand? You can't, you can't judge yourself on the smallest matters, and yet you're going to judge the world? It, just doesn't, it doesn't stop there, though. Mm-hmm. The next verse says, Know ye not that ye shall judge angels. Okay? You shall judge. How much more things that pertain to this life? That's derogatory. Paul was saying, you're going to judge angels. How about things of this life? We're going to judge angels. That's why, they, that's why we are absolutely detested. By that, by, that's why there's a relentless, cold-blooded, merciless attack by that dimension upon our lives. Because we are going to judge them. And they know it. And, and I think that, that when this thing... When, when the end of days, the full fruition of the time, the fullness of times comes to pass, we're going to be above the angels. Right. Amen. We are going to be above them. This is, the, this is why you're under attack. You've got a big bullseye right on your back. And, they, and they, they, the, the, the angelic host, I, I suppose, you know, they, they may have some interest in some more, you know, just unsaved heathens here and there. But you best believe they hate you. Amen. And they want you. They want you yeah. dead. Amen. And they want your. They want your testimony dead. That's what they want. They don't want. They, because there's a. There's just an unrelenting. I mean, if they, they're not subject to time as we are. Right. So they've got lots of time to stew and think about this stuff. Yeah, like Daniel. Back to Daniel's again. Daniel chapter seven, verse fifteen. Pastor, have you ever heard anybody talking about this? I mean, not not nearly as much as there should be. I think this is a, a very poignant subject that that needs to be addressed. Yep. And um, most Christians, one is are unaware because they've not been taught, and don't even truly realize the battle that we're already in. Remember that Daniel seven and verse fifteen. <clears throat> Everybody there? Amen. I, Daniel, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, a, it's going to be a stretch of scripture, but I wanna, I'm going to, you know, i, I got to read the whole thing. I can't just piecemeal it. Right. It said, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, he had a vision, 
these four great beasts. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Saints, you're going to take the kingdom. Amen. You're going to take the kingdom. And this angelic host knows that what this is about. They know what it's about. They can see into that, that, that dimension that you and I cannot. Not yet, anyways. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, breaking pieces, and stamped the residue of his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of, and I think these are the days right now, even mm -hmm. of that horn that had great had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Mm -hmm. Next verse, I beheld, and the same horn made war, war with the saints, right. and prevailed, prevailed against them. He prevailed against them for now. He said, remember, this is a war. This is just not one battle. He's going to prevail for a while, but he ain't going to prevail forever. Right. It's the next verse. Until mm -hmm. the on. Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom, that kingdom, the one that these angelic, these fallen angels and the demons and devils and these unclean spirits, their kingdom is taken away. They're removed. They're, I'm, well, they, they're going to die and burn in hell <coughs> in the lake of fire. But the saints are going to have the kingdom. And this next verse says, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and others shall rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue the three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. The war. That war. They're going to, this, what's coming, we're, according to this, the scripture, we're going to be worn out. Right. This, this war is going to be brutal. It's going to be a brutal war. And think to change times, the Antichrist, and laws, and they shall be given into his hand, the Antichrist, until mm -hmm. time and times and dividing at times. Three and a half years. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to, to destroy it unto the end. He's going to have his end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Our kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Right. Amen. Amen. And all dominions shall serve and obey him. Amen. Amen. So now, now turn to Ephesians. Back over to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 3. I, I mean, I was struggling with this past, this, this, this message, because there was there's so much, and I'm thinking, oh, how, how can I, how can I, I'm just going to be stumbling and stumping around trying to figure out how to get this into a cogent form. But anyways, Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and verses 8 to 12. Okay, all there? Unto me, 
whom less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Important word, mystery. Mm -hmm. The fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. This mystery was hidden from that dimension. They didn't know, they didn't know what was happening here. God hid it. To verse 10, to the intent. Now this is this is kind of a, the way this scripture is worded, it's, it's, like, it's like extraneous, but you've got to think about it. It says this in verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers, that spiritual dimension in heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. So how about we word it like this? To the intent that now un, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known the manifold wisdom of God by the church. So in other words, this mystery is... Well, turn to, uh, turn to Colossians, just a couple of books over. Verse Colossians 1 26 and 27. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations. You see, ages and generations, it was hidden. They, this, this dimension did not know what God was doing. Right. Uh, that's what it seems to me. Mm -hmm. Like he, they didn't realize, they didn't realize what was unfolding. But even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Read this. Read that for me. The next part there, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes. You know why they hate us? Amen. Come on. They know. They know we're going to inherit. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to usurp them. Is that how you say it? We're going to overcome them. Right. They, he, the Antichrist will have his moment, and he'll, he'll, he'll have his time in the in the sun. You know, he'll be he'll, he'll be able to wear the saints down and war against them. But he, but they understand that dimension is. They understand that Jesus Christ is in you. Mm. You are dwelt by yes. in by Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible calls you. What does the Bible call you? Temple. Mm -hmm. You are the temple of the living God. So, second, go to Second Corinthians, chapter six. I, I'm telling you, you know, this is this is a kind of a Bible study, I guess you'd call it, right? Um, what we're here for. Amen. The more I'm into this book, the more I know how much, how much more I need. Okay, verses 14. Verse 14 and down. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? 
For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my, my people. The Holy. mystery of the church Amen. is that Jesus Christ indwells his believers. Right. And that dimension apparently didn't know it. Didn't, that was hidden from them. That was hidden. Um, uh, Acts, uh, Acts chapter 7. In verse 48. It says, How be it, the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. You see that? Mm -hmm. Amen. How be it, the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Because you know why? He dwells in temples made of flesh. Amen. That's why <laughs> man doesn't make flesh. Well, he, he may think he does, but he doesn't. In Acts chapter 17, and verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Made with hands. Amen. So, you know, this is the reason why we are in this right. war. Amen. We are in a, we're in a serious war. Uh, you know, the, the, the more the, you just have to settle that. We just have to be. We have to live deliberately. Right. Come on. Like we yes. are in a war. I know that sounds draining. Can I say, you're 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 a temple of the Holy Ghost. You're a temple of God. That right there makes you the crosshairs are on you, like, right. like nothing else. Okay. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter one. And, uh, verse 17. Okay, this is... Yeah. Okay. That the God... This is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling right. and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward hmm. who believe? Amen. To usward who believe. Yes. That's what it is. got to believe. According to the working of his, of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Yeah. And have put all oh, things yes. under his feet and gave Amen. him to be the head over Amen. all things to the church, to the church, church. To the church which is his body. body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now now go over to uh, verse uh, chapter 2, verse 7. I don't want to read. I don't want to read this whole, the whole thing here, but it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding. Yes. No, no. I'm sorry. Verse six, mm -hmm. and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes. So he didn't leave us. He didn't. He didn't leave us without a whole lot of power behind us when he, when Jesus Christ. 
died on that cross, and, and, and when we came to him and believed in him, received him as our Lord and Savior, we, we were put into his body. He's the head. Right. And we're the body. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Where are you seated? Mm. Where are you seated? Come on. If his body, he, 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 he's the head. He, raised, he was raised up and sits at the right hand of the Father's entire body. If I'm in the foot, am I above that dimension, that spiritual mm. dimension? Mm. I'm seated with him in heavenly yeah. places. Yeah. He's my are. head. Yeah. I'm in his body. Yeah. Therefore, I am seated with him in heavenly places. Over all principalities and powers. All, over, yeah. Yeah, thank, thank, over all the principalities yeah. and powers. They are subject. They are down there. Right. We are up there. Yes. We're actually we're seated with God the Father right now. We are seated with Him. Amen. We can't wrap our head around that. We're not. I mean, we're cloaked in this this flesh, and, and we we really don't we don't understand it. But we're there. Yeah. We are there right now. Right this very. I'm trying to think of the scripture. That there's another scripture. It, we're there. We're yeah. right there. Jesus Christ is the head, and we're in the body. Turn to, uh, talking about the body, turn to, um, uh, actually, I'll, I'll just go, how much time we got? Eight o'clock. Um, turn to Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Anything spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. Right. Amen. He is the head. You're in the body. We're in the body of Christ. You are in the body. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And of course, Paul is writing about the picture of, of a, a husband and wife and how that is a picture of the church. Verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. You are one flesh. You are joined with him who is our head. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 20. But now are they many members, yet but one body. body yeah. And I cannot say under the hand, I have no, no need of thee, nor again... The head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lack. So there, this is 
okay. Let's keep reading. That there should be no schism in the body, but yeah. that the members should have the same care one for another. Yeah. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. So Jesus Christ, who rose above all principalities and powers and dominions and all that, you've risen with him too. Mm -hmm. And you're seated with him. We are not defense. We are not. Uh, you, as Christians, we need to contemplate that. We need to think about what we have in him. And, the, and actually, the power that we have in him. Turn back to um, Ephesians chapter 1. A lot of back and forth here. Starting in verse 19. This is, this is my prayer to all of us. Uh, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places? Once he went far above all principality, I know he's read this, and power and might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Going on to chapter 2 and verse 4 to 6, it says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated with him in Amen. heavenly places. Amen. There's, a, there's this picture of a traffic cop that was in the middle of this intersection. And there were 18, 18 wheeler rigs coming into this intersection, and there were cars and everything else. And this is this is you. You are the traffic cop. What is a traffic cop? The traffic cop raises his hand up, and that 18 wheeler comes to a stop. Right. He has he has been vested with the authority of the state. The power of the state is behind him. Oh, Does he have the power? Amen. Does he have yes, the power to stop that eighteen-wheeler of himself by putting his hand up? No, no, he doesn't. He has no power to do that. Yeah, but the eighteen, the driver in that eighteen-wheeler understands that what's behind him is the authority of the power of the government of the, this here United States. Mm -hmm. He puts his hand up like that. That 18 wheeler will come to a stop. Right. That's what you are. You're that traffic cop. We are. We can. We can through the through the just just proclaiming Jesus Christ and and uh, and and you know getting ourselves set with the armor. And in Ephesians chapter six, we can defeat. We can stand against the hosts of hell in our lives. God has equipped it. That is our birthright. That's not something that, you know, I gotta I, I have to, you know, have received a college education or I gotta be a man of letters and a man of degrees to understand. No, no. You just need by faith yes. to understand Amen. I am in him. He is my head. 
and I will stand now. Amen. Stand. Therefore, it says in Ephesians 6, stand. Therefore, stand. I mean, there, there, is, there is an action on our part. Mm -hmm. And what is that action? We have to grasp it. Right. We have to put the armor on, and we have to stand. That's what's required of us. We have to stand. That, that police officer, that traffic cop, he stands. He puts his hand out. He stands, and, and he puts his hand out. And that 18-wheelers and all those cars are to a halt. They come right to a stop. That, and that dimension, those principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places and all that, all those foul, they have to, they have to obey. Yeah. They have to because this, they're, they're, Jesus Christ is overall. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's why those, at the beginning of, of, uh, of this message, those, those three men that were demonically possessed, and the boy, um, the devils instantly responded. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't some inherent power, you know, that somebody has. It was Jesus Christ who they are subject to. They are subject to him. And because we are in Jesus Christ, they are subject to us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this time. And I hope, Father, that uh, I hope, Father, it was of, of use and of purpose, Father, that you, you would be glorified and lifted up and your saints would be admonished and Jesus Christ would be known in a greater and deeper way and we would be more subject to him, Father. God, I pray, Lord, be with us. Be with us these days as they are getting much darker. And Lord, help us to understand that we have authority as believers. We have authority, and we are seated with Him in heavenly places. Therefore, that that those foul, those unclean spirits, those devils, those demons are subject to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.